You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 301, brought to you by the New York Comic Con and Trigun Badlands Rumble from Funimation. Episode number 301. I am Josh Flanagan, and I am here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And a not dead Ron Richards. <laughs> I'm the, they can't get me down. I'm still here. Yeah. Let's <laughs> wow. see by this much. <laughs> totally, you totally trumped my stitches. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't get interviewed on the news for my stitches. I didn't have a hashtag. <laughs> Should have gotten one. Should have gotten the stitches hashtag. He's like, shut up, pussy. <laughs> iFanboy.com is our website, and it is a wonderful website. We like comic books. That's why we started it. We read a bunch of them, and some weeks we read a whole lot of them. Uh, and I'm, I'm so tired of comics right now. Every week, one of us has the job of picking the one that they thought was the best one. We call that the pick of the week. Uh, review goes up on the website. Then we come here. We talk about that on the podcast, and then other select books that we wish to talk about and then a couple of other things but this week we're just pretty much going to talk about DC number ones now there's some other things to talk about but is are there really it was no that's the thing is I oh, really, yes. I feel yeah there was it was a really good week other than DC it I mean like, the DC stuff a lot over, of, yeah overwhelmed but then the uh, Marvel stuff was pretty good so I kind of felt bad yeah. <laughs> like people who had other books like no no well, I, I just think in general DC has completely stolen all the thunder what's going oh, on absolutely yeah. no absolutely. one's talking about anything else but their books which is a yeah. win for them yeah. Now, before we get too excited, we got to warn you that uh, we're going to talk about what happens in the books, which means there'll be some spoilers. Um, so, you know, it's a review show. What are you going to do? Deal with so it. You haven't. Uh, if you, maybe we'll go a little easy on the on the DC books so that you can check out the ones, but the big no, ones not. that everybody. No, we're, go, we're going oh. full on, full on spoilers. All right. There you go. I tried. There you go, everybody. Yeah. It's not me. It's not me, Ron. You had the pick. You made your mind up a long time ago. Well, no, I didn't. I mean, that's the thing. I, I mean, was, no, not, a, not really. Well, but, but yes and no. I mean, we, we joked about it. But so the pick of the week this week was Animal Man number one, uh, written by Jeff Lemire with art by Travel Foreman, uh, part of the new 52, the first 13, uh, uh, the, I guess 14 if you had Justice League last week. But in week one, I like to see just. I feel like last week was week zero, and this yes. is week one. Um, one, of the, one of the 13. Week point one. And so, um, as I mentioned in the review on ifanboy.com, if you go back and read it, uh, Connor and I had the, uh, the, the opportunity in August to go visit DC's offices, and they gave us a sneak preview and let us read like the first 20 books that came out, including the, all the 13 books that came out on this first week. So I'd already read this wave of DC books, and I'd already uh, you know, formed a lot of judgments and a lot of opinions and that sort of thing. And one of those opinions while we were reading those books was that Animal Man number one was the best book of the bunch, in fact, possibly one of the best books I've read this year. Yes. And so much so that when I finished reading it, I stopped Connor from whatever book he was reading and said, you have to read this next. And made Connor read it. It surprised just, me. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, Jeff Lemire and, and Travel Foreman are, are you know a great team, but I was not prepared for how just how good this book was going to be. And I haven't yet given this book to a person, a real live person, and had them go, "This was no good." Right. Everyone I've given it to has been like, "That was amazing." Well, and and what was interesting about it, and so and and before, well, before I get into specifics, what was interesting about it. What so when it came to this week, like we joked earlier this week, I was like, "I should just write the review about Animal Man and be done with it." But I'm like, "No, I need to give every other book a chance." And if you look at it, I have a mighty stack. I mean, I bought a lot of books this week, um, and I read through, I reread some of the DC books. I reread Animal Man again. I read it actually four times because I wanted to make sure that I it truly was as good as I thought it was. Because I didn't believe how good it was. And par- and part of the reason is because 
Jeff Lemire's Jeff Lemire, and then also with with the art by Travel Foreman, the approach they took with this was so you've got a character in Animal Man, which I feel as if most comic fans know who Animal Man is, but we're at a point where not many people understand what Animal Man is because the if you ask me, the defining um, Animal Man run was Grant Morrison's run in '88 um, from '88 to '90, which kind of was a precursor to Vertigo and one of the early kind of you know superhero tales that you know blurred the line between DCU and Vertigo and eventually led to Vertigo. Um, and I was actually, I mentioned it in the review as well, I was really surprised to hear, you know, as I was reading what people were talking about, a lot of people know, you know, their, their opinion of Animal, Animal Man was formed by his role in 52 a couple of years ago, which makes sense because that's the most recent kind of story about Animal Man. And so I get that. But even going into it, you've got a character that the majority of people reading this book probably don't have a lot of knowledge about the past, um, about you know the things that made the Grant Morrison run so good and all that sort of stuff. So, but at the same time, you've got people like us who know it and are like, "Shit, that's a lot. Those are big shoes to fill." And so, Very big. That, yes, yeah, so that's almost like the toughest writing assignment that I think that you can get is balancing that and and coming up with a a, a a take on the character that isn't a departure from what it is, from what it was, but is also something new and something unique for a, a new audience. And that's exactly what Jeff Lemire and Travel Foreman did. Um, normally, I hate prose pieces, and um, in the, at least prose pieces that's, that's the first page of a book. But in this particular case, I thought it was a great device. Um, can I can I interject sure. in that? That was this. That was one of the most brilliant uses of a prose piece I've seen in a really long time. Yes. And I, I like. I want to start taking bets on the first time you see somebody crib it. Yeah, totally. Like I was. I mean, like it did everything it needed to right there. So much better. So much more engaging and so much more inventive than a, a than a recap page or something yeah, like that. Totally. Uh, and it shouldn't have been good. You're right, but it was. Yeah, and it totally worked. And like, so basically, what it was is a, is a faux interview with Buddy Baker, who is Animal Man, um, with the Believer magazine, right down to the font. Like they got if you heard. Don't miss uh, when Jeff Lemire on, on our podcast. I fanboy don't miss when Jeff Lemire talked to Neesman. Said they reached out to the Believer and got the right font, got all the specs and everything, made it as accurate as possible. And in that one page, if you don't know who Animal Man, Man is, that gave you a, a, a snapshot of who this guy is. And then that led right into Buddy Baker slash Animal Man's l- everyday life, which is he's a father and a husband and has a very domestic life. Lives in San Diego, has two kids, and that's always been a part of Animal Man as much as you know putting on the costume and and you know taking animal powers. Um, and then you know it leads to you know him having to respond to something that's going on and and using his powers and donning the costume, and then the whole story takes a dark and eerie turn that. Again, I think is a, a a gray area between what we would expect from superhero comics and darker things like Vertigo books. Um, in a way that Jeff Lemire, with this, he's got this emotional resonance and optimism and darkness at the same time. That I think is really is a unique voice in comics, and it totally played played to his strengths in this. And um, the last third of the book, I did not see coming, and it blew me away. And when I finished reading it, it was, wow, Lemire really did it, and Travel Foreman is a badass. Yep. Like that, that was, and and I unequivocally give this a five star book, five on the art, five on the story. This was awesome. It was a superhero horror book through and through. I mean, we we talked about how DC DC is putting a lot of different genre books, and even obvious ones like Men of War. It, you know, it's clearly a, a war story, but this is a superhero book, but it's a horror book. Yep. I mean, it, it, it is. It's a Vertigo superhero story. Yep. They, 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 there's a DC logo on it, but it's a Vertigo, it's a vertigo book, um, which I think is fantastic. And I love the fact that people are picking it up and loving it. It's a totally not what you expect from a DC superhero book. If you took these pages and just said, this is, this is going to be a book from DC, and you, you, you would say, no way. Yep. There's no way this is going to be a superhero book from DC Comics. I like the fact that this New 52 allows them to try lots of different things. A lot of things they didn't, a lot of things that came out we're going to talk about are very standard, but this was very experimental and it really paid off. Really paid off. I mean, and even down to, like I said, the, the last third basically is a black and white dream sequence that Animal Man has that is just chilling, like horror chilling um, and great use of spot color with red. And for those who don't know, like, you know, um, we're going to talk about Swamp Thing a little, a little bit, but there's a, like the mythos of Swamp Thing is that Swamp Thing comes from the, the green. And back in the day, Animal Man drew his powers from the red. And this looks like a, you know, going back to, you know, so a nod to that back history aspect of it, but then also doing it in a, the, the, honestly, that last page, I did not see coming. And no, I, we, we, I know all about what Ron's feelings are a lot because we talked about it, we read it in the pick of the week. Josh, what did you think of this book? 
Uh, well, here's the, this is the last book that I read. So by the time that I got to it, it, it had been fairly built up. Uh, actually, it had been a lot built up. And it was funny because you two were like, we're not going to talk to you about anything. Yep. We're not going to tell you anything. But, I mean, like you already had the pick of the week up and like everybody was, was doing their thing. And, you know, to me, Jeff Lemire has never been better than he was on Essex County. Yep. Agreed. Uh, and, I, and I don't mean that as a slight, but I just mean like that was the most pure thing that ever came out of him. And everything he's done after that has had sort of a voice to it that's very similar. It's very simplistic, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, but I really thought that he stepped – like I would have never been able to say – oh, I would have never read this and gone, oh, that's a Jeff Lemire book. Yep. I mean that uh, he, he adopted a different voice, and I think that he took a step up in the sophistication of his storytelling, of his use of uh, – words and characterizations and things like that. I just thought it was I it was really really well done uh from a craft standpoint. I agree. I think I think he took he combined what was great about Essex County in terms of the um personable characters and the being relatable and that sort of thing and then tying it in with honestly I think he's learned from Sweet Tooth. He's learned he even learned from Superboy. And mm-hmm. to what makes a good superhero comic, and he's mixing in what makes a good Jeff Lemire story with what makes a good superhero comic, and doing something like I said, the kind of redefining the modern superhero kind of story. Um, I, I just re- I really liked that. By a few pages in, you knew everything you needed to know about who the character was. I I really thought that that was very elegantly done. I also got my biggest laugh of the week when I turned the page and it was revealed that Cliff still has a mullet. A that, really horrible one. That mullet. No, no, it's exactly the same one. Which oh, I'm, it's a really horrible which one. Which I'm almost kind I of that, glad, I'm glad, kind of glad he does because it's something that we can make fun of and poke fun that's at. That's awesome. <laughs> and it totally – but the thing is people out there who never read the other stuff are going to go, why does this kid look like that? And I was just like, that's hilarious. They, yeah. they just said so we're sticking with it. Yep. And also Buddy's, Buddy's wife's kind of a ball breaker. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> um, I love the uh-huh. new. I love the new costume. I love the new Animal Man costume. And and we're we're not talking enough about Travel Foreman. It, like the art was really good. <laughs> the art was really good going into it. But then you got to the page when his eyes were bleeding, and yeah. the the panel on the next page when the doctor's looking at him and he's kind of looking up. And you you, you mean you, Dark Horse editor Scott Alley? Yeah. <laughs> Because um, I don't know anyone else with that head. It's true. Um, but uh, when he's looking up at whoever he's talking to and that, that idea of like – I immediately got the sense of his emotion of like kind of annoyed and somewhat in pain but also you know, like doesn't want, you know, doesn't want to deal with it. Like it, it, travel for him and, and then it just blew me away. And then the dream sequence, I think that's really where he kind of stepped up and went far beyond what I expected. It's very evocative well, actually, art. Very look, evocative. At the, look at the line work in the very beginning of the issue. Yep. It actually starts – the line work actually starts off simpler and as you keep going through it, yep. it gets more heavy and more detailed, which I was a really weird because those first couple pages actually don't look like the end of the book. Yep, they don't. And I, I don't know if that's a choice that was made. Also, I don't like dream sequences just as a rule. Yep. Uh, but but boy, this was one that that really took full advantage of your art, artist's ability. Yeah, totally well done. Uh, and and the, the, the the full page when he uh, adopts the rhinoceros power, I thought that was great. Um, yeah, I just I just can't wait to see what Lemire and Foreman do with the series moving forward. And this is the one I'm most excited about out of the new Fifty Two. So. Yeah, I really I, I I like this character a lot. Yeah. So. Uh, Cool. Uh, it'll be good to see more of them. So go read my review if you want to read more about Animal Man and share what everybody thinks of it. But so now uh, we're going to – so this month is going to be a little different on the show than normal months in that we are going to – at least Connor and I – Josh, are you committed to all, th- to all 52 or no? Probably. I actually didn't finish them all this week. Oh, okay. I, I ended up getting most of them. I got more than I thought and then I got some more today and I just didn't have time to get to them. All right, uh, so I'll do, I'm going to do my best. So, But at minimum, Connor and I are buying every book that comes out from DC and, and we're going to do really quick hit uh, discussion on, on all 52 this month. So Bear with us. If you're not a DC fan, skip forward. Go look at the show notes. You can skip forward to the no, rest of the books. Um, I disagree. Okay. Listen. <laughs> Listen, if you're not a DC fan, I'm not going to pay attention to what they're doing. That's retarded. All right, fair enough. Sorry. Ah. I think I'm getting more edgy. I think you uh, are. So let's dive in. So the first, the, the probably the most anticipated was Action Comics number one from Grant Morrison and Rags Morales. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this was, you know, right, right away. This was fantastic. That's how you draw boots, by the way, guy who drew Superboy. <laughs> <laughs> So I kept thinking all the whole way through. I was like, those look like pants and shoes. I don't know why that's so hard. 
this is Grant Morrison's throwback to the early days of Superman in the 30s when he was when he first came on the scene. Originally, he was a depowered guy who couldn't fly. He jumped and he fought for the people. He fought against slumlords and he went and fought the government and people who if the people were being repressed, especially in the 30s. In, in reality, so that was, Superman is a reflection of that. And uh, so this is a return to that where at the very very beginning, Superman takes on a crooked developer, and that's. <laughs> That tells you to set the tone for this book right from the start. Yep. I love the crap out of this book. Yes. I, I, I just want that to be known. And I love that he can't even fly yet. Yes. I was like, that, that's, that's lovely. I like that Luther is drinking an energy drink, although I don't think he would do that. <laughs> I like the, the quick change from, from Superman to Clark and how uh, he, he made himself look smaller by putting on an oversized shirt. Yep. You know, and rumpling his hair and, and just like all his little things. It got a little got a little wonky towards the end, I think, as they were trying to squeeze too much in and they had Jimmy having two conversations at the same time. It was almost a little little hard to follow. But then I thought it completely at the the, the last scene, the last segment, you know, Luther's last lines, I was like, Wow, I, I want the next page. Yep. I want the next thing to happen. So uh ratings. Ratings. <laughs> Um, Are we doing that? I gave yeah. I I give this a. I would give this a like a four and a half. And my only complaint on it, I agree with you guys. I enjoyed the story. I like the take. My only complaint is that every now there are a couple of uh, rough art panels. uh, Yeah, you can tell he didn't get to really give it his all. The 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 best examples towards the very end. There's a uh, on the top of the page. There's General Lane and uh, uh, Lex Luthor in the control room, and General Lane is yelling at Lex, and he's standing and pointing at him like he's George McFly. I saw you, that. I kinda, you knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I kind of liked it, though, because yeah. if you think about that whole, you know, if he's going for that whole other age of comics ethos, it doesn't not fit. Uh, the po- yeah, the po- I don't know. It just, it, I had there's, a, there's a couple different points of it, so I give it four and a half. Josh. I give it a five. Five for sure. Josh? I give it a five. All right. Cool. I got a favor. I'm 100% on board. And a lot of the complaints oh. that, that you're starting to hear, like Superman wouldn't act like this. It's young Superman. This is like the beginning of uh, at the Flash Rebirth when everyone's like, he's acting weird. Of course, it's the beginning of a story. Right. It's, yeah, the, yeah. Point, it's the whole point. Oh, you so, should yeah. mention it's taking place in the past, even further behind Justice League. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we're, we're going to do ratings and we're going to do, are you going to stick with it? So Animal Man, obviously, I gave a five. I'm going to stick with it. I assume we're all sticking with Animal yes. Man. Yep. I'm going to stick with Action Comics as well. So. Yes. Ooh. All right. You mentioned before that Animal Man. For Jeff Lemire, big shoes to fill for doing Grant Morrison. I think even bigger shoes to fill would be Scott Snyder doing Swamp Thing. Yeah, because yeah. the only run anybody really cares about is the Alan Moore run, which defined the character, which was uh, another another book that helped birth Vertigo, another book that sort of made comics what they are today. So the bigger shoes mm-hmm. to fill, would be, I think, would be Scott Snyder, and I think he pulled it off very well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, it's funny. That's absolutely true. And and you know he had talked it up so much. Like you come in, you're like, boy, I hope he doesn't blow this. Because yep. he was so, uh, uh, but the thing that that overshadowed that I think was was Yannick Paquette completely and utterly just owning every page of this. I thought it looked really good. The uh, you know when he first announced Yannick Paquette was doing doing uh, Swamp Thing, I was kind of just disappointed because he did Batman. He did a really good job in Batman. I don't really associate him with Swamp Thing. But uh, and we actually honestly didn't really get to see him do something much. Something's only on one page of this book. Yeah. Well, re- regardless, the, I mean, I, and this, this ties into the whole thing. My, my favorite part of this, the part that I knew that this was going to be, you know, it's funny. Because, Again, this is another horror book. Uh, we should, yeah, well, Scott Snyder's a horror writer. It's yeah. where he comes from. And at that sort of two-thirds mark when that big horror scene happens, I was like, I was like, he's got it. This is it. This is the, for the fun thing. And and it's it's weird because this is very reminiscent of the kind of things you used to see in Swamp Thing, but you don't ever see this stuff in DC Comics anymore. Uh, should, so Yes, I agree. And you should mention that if you're a big fan of Swamp Thing or Animal Man and you read one or the other but not both, you should read both because not only are Jeff Lemire and Scott Snyder good friends, they're going to be tying these books together because of the red and green thing. And the, the, they already said the second arc is going to be a crossover arc between the great, two books. Right. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I thought, you know, having read a little bit of the Alan Moore Swamp Thing stuff, not being a big Alan Moore, uh, not being a big Alan Moore or Swamp Thing fan, um, I got it. I understood what was going on. I thought it did enough of a dip um, into previous stuff that I was aware of versus also building something new. Um, I really liked the the Alec Holland on the construction site scene. I thought that was great. Um, I agree. I thought um, Yannick Paquette was good. Although the one thing, and this is not unrelated to the story or unrelated to Scott Snyder or, or whatever Superman outfit. Yeah, I was gonna say um, this is the first. This is this is what shows that an, an artist other than Jim Lee is drawing the Superman outfit. That it's not quite there. 
It's uh, not good. Yes, it looks exactly. a little looks a little fascist. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So and like uh, and like with I, the, with, I, the, I, with the uh, angled gauntlets, like the angled yeah. wrist gauntlets, like yeah. Just, uh, and the thing was also is that I get a sense that he's drawing Superman older than Jim Lee is. Yeah. And, yeah. So I don't know, but it's the problem you have when you do these changes is that everyone has to be on the same page. Everyone has to say, look, Superman is younger now. Yep. Don't draw old Superman, which is what people will do. No, and Batman will have that problem as well. Yeah. I just uh, the only funny thing I thought was like Alec was raised from the dead six weeks ago. He went back and got a job somewhere, and that was two weeks ago. And now he's already found a construction job. Yeah, in this economy, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's a scientist. What does he know about anyway? This yeah. is the DCU, man. It's not, it's not our economy. Anyway, so yeah, all right, so I, Swamp Thing time ratings. That's, that's Marvel ratings. Five, five, F- four and a half. See you next week. Uh, stick with, uh, stick with, stick with it, or not stick with it. Yeah, stick with it. Yeah, yeah stick with it. Okay, cool. All right, Justice League International number one. Um, uh, Dan Jurgens, Aaron Lepresti. We've loved Justice League International for the past year with Judd Winnick writing it. Now Dan Jurgens picks it up. Um, Lepresti stays on in art. Uh, Connor, what did you think? This is probably the most pleasant surprise okay. of the week. In that I went in with very low expectations because I did love the the Generation Lost mini so much. And I have low expectations for Dan Jurgens simply because he exists in a very specific time and place in comics for me. Yep. And I haven't loved the recent stuff he's done. But I really enjoyed it. This was a very sort of solid, old-school superhero team book. Yep. Totally agreed. This was this scratched the idea of a superhero team book itch that I would want perfectly. Um, and it was enough in that it was you know the stuff that happened before i still enjoy it and there's still echoes of it you have gavril red rocket you know whatever red rocket red seven whatever um (laughs) but um you know you've got this you've got some of the stuff that we've enjoyed you've got some some newer characters are different to the mix um i i and like i said i agree with you i was totally surprised at how much fun this was this was a blast so um i thought tons of fun did you read it josh yeah, I loved oh, yeah. it. Oh, I thought it was a lot of fun. I had a great time with it. But the little was art was a little bit antiquated. Well, it's Lepresti, uh, but it's it's it, honestly it's some of the some of the best Lepresti I've seen in a while. No, it wasn't bad. It was just yeah. which sort of fits, but <clears throat> yeah. no, I did. I I surprised myself by having a lot of fun with it. Cool. All right, ratings. Uh, ratings. <laughs> I give it a I give it a four. I give it a four as well. I'm gonna say three and a half, but a story and and stuff leaning towards. All right, sticking with uh, it or four. not? Yes. 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 All right, so that's four titles out of thirteen that we are sticking with. It's 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 going to be a this week's. There's a lot of stick with us this week. Not for me, but anyway. Well, okay, so um, we haven't gotten there yet. Moving on to Batgirl number one, the the much the much maligned Batgirl number Probably one. Probably the most controversial of the new books. Uh, Ga- um, Gail Simone, Adrian uh, Syaf. Um, I loved how, I loved how they just glossed over the issue. They didn't though. Yeah, they didn't. They, yeah, they, they, didn't, did. they didn't gloss over it. Uh, they, they just they, haven't explained it yet. They, yeah. they, they so much didn't gloss over that everyone's hung up on it. Yeah. If they had just left it out, people would be focusing on the story and not worrying about what the miracle was that brought her back from being crippled. Yeah. Which I kind of feel like the miracle was, hey, I healed. Yeah. Really? I think it's I, think it's, I live in a fucking world of miracles. Yeah. I, I, think, I, I don't think they're going to deal with it again. I don't think they are either. That, that, that's why I'm saying they glossed over it because she was like, she says, you know, I was in a wheelchair. I couldn't move my legs and then I got better. I can't believe it. And I then know, moving on. Like, she knows Batman. There's a Star Labs. Mister Terrific's around. Yeah. Yep. I don't need it. I don't need it explained. I just I thought they didn't. They went too much into it enough where people are hung up on it and won't stop being hung up on it. Yeah. The only way to blunt that c- criticism would be just to don't deal with it. Just yeah. move on. Just and that's something that you've always you've been a proponent of. Just move on. Like don't. Try and to- the thing and the thing is, this is sort of emblematic of some of the problems with the reboot. Is that. They didn't go far enough for a lot of these characters. Yeah. You leave, were, if you leave enough of the old world, people are going to still hunk, get hung up on the whole fact that things changed. They yeah. should have all gone the Superman route where everything was just new. Yeah. Well, just to, to look at, you know, at the end of uh, Justice League International, the last page is, is that, oh my God, and then there's a reveal. And if you're new at this, or if you're me, you don't know what the fuck that is. I don't know what so the, it's I like, don't know that is versus the signal. Okay, well, it's set up in a way that we're so conditioned to, you know, everybody knows everything all the time. That it's that a giant this, robot. It's the yeah, sing- I, I don't know. know who the signal men are. I want to know. Okay. We're going to find out in the next issue. Well, it says next month. <laughs> I'll find out the next the issue, okay? It's going to say it. It's going to be fine, all right? <laughs> all right, so back real, real quick. Did you guys enjoy it or not? Uh, it was fine. It was, you know. Average. Yeah. Yeah, it was very average. All right, ratings. It was very average. Three. Three and a half. Three. Sticking with it? No, for now, but it's probably on the it's it's on notice. Okay, so that's my first no as well. And okay. Connor, when I say ratings, you have to say it as well. Okay. Ratings, All right. ratings. All right, um, Detective Comics number one. 
Biggest um, surprise of the week. Agreed. I went in with such low expectations because I really didn't enjoy Tony Daniels' run on Batman. And uh, I remember Ron reading this and going, holy shit, after he was finished with it. And he gave it to me, and I, I had the same reaction when I finished it. It was a solid Batman title. There was a lot of clunkiness throughout, but that's to be expected. But I thought the story itself and then the big reveal were exciting enough where I'm definitely looking forward to what's happening next. Yeah, I, I was very, I, like, like you, I was very surprised. I have very low expectations. I'm not a Batman fan. I'm not a Tony Daniel fan, but I gave it a shot. I had an open mind to it. I thought it was a good, solid Batman story. It's what I expect from a Batman story with a chilling, shocking end that was creepy as fuck. Um, and I, I did not see coming. Um, and it, yeah, and I, I really did enjoy it. So... Uh, you guys told me not to skip this. Mm-hmm. I wish I had. <laughs> I really didn't like it. The dialogue was horrible. I am the knight. Come on. It's yeah, just... That was, it's like, that was a bad, bad piece. It's like without... It's just... It's like without... I don't know. It's, it's, it's missing. So it's like... It's a little too self-serious for me to be able to deal with, I think. And I just don't feel like... I, th- I thought it was beautiful. I, I do think that. I thought the artwork was really strong throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, if not a little overdone. At times, but but really mostly, I was very impressed with the artwork. He was is really a, a lot of um, a lot of Frank Miller, yes, uh, yes. Batman, yes, Dark Knight Return shots. He's he's of- more from a Jim Lee um, influenced artist to a Frank Miller esque influenced artist. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, Mixed with Jim really, Lee, and I, I like I like that. It, obviously, that works. But there was it it went back and forth a little bit actually because if you look at the last page and then the page before it, like they're completely different sort of yeah. amounts. I think it's a little bit more of the inker in some pages than there is. In, of, yeah. yeah, I think you're going to find that in some of these books going no. forward. I'm not, I'm not going to find that in the next issue. All right, ratings. Ratings. Uh, three. No, four. Four. Sorry. Four. Yep. Two and a half. Sticking uh, with it. Connor. Yes, if only just because I want to really want to see what happens after that that last page. No, because I don't like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I have a better reason than that. Okay. So yours is no. Yeah, no, it's no. I just, I, I it's just not good enough. Like, the, like the the overall plot was good, but the execution, I just, just I'm too, not sure. Yeah, you're just too damn loud. All right, uh, moving on to Batwing number one. And everyone in your band is in their forties. <laughs> uh, Judd Winnick, Ben Oliver on Batwing number one, the Batman of Africa. Um, I really enjoyed this a lot. I really enjoyed the story. I don't like the art at all. I really enjoyed the art. It's Ben Oliver doing a photo painted style, which <laughs> I don't normally that. enjoy, but it really worked for this. Yeah, it yeah. did work for this. I don't really enjoy that style either. Like it was like it was good, but it's not for me kind of thing. I felt a little like I was reading uh, what was that book? The Vertigo book. Uh, the Unknown Soldier. Art. Unknown Soldier yeah. with capes, and I because of that, it didn't quite have the effect on me. Yep. Like it was, it was like half tutorial and half like uh, like superhero story, and I don't know. I just I didn't feel like I got enough from it. It wasn't bad. I just it wasn't it was my more thing. More brutal than I expected. So yes, yeah, um, it was. I you know it's funny after all of that stuff about uh, about the super gods and everything. I was like, all of these books are really awful. Yeah, <laughs> they're very violent. So. All right, ratings four. Ratings four. Uh, three. Three. Sticking with it? Yes. No. No. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, moving on to Stormwatch number one, Paul Cornell and Miguel Sepulveda, one of the books that I was most uh, anticipating, um, and I want I enjoyed it, but it wasn't what I expected. Um, and I, I thought it fair. I thought it fell a little short. Like I was ready for this one to be like Stormwatch. Yeah, let's do it. Blah. You know. And what I realized that Paul Cornell was taking a slower approach to it. So, I enjoyed it more the second time around. Yeah. And I did, then, then the first time I read it at DC, the second reading was more fun. But it, you're right, it wasn't exactly what you expected. But it still was kind of in the spirit of Stormwatch. It's basically yeah. still the same thing. It's oh, yeah. these superheroes who exist in, this, in secret who are policing everything. It's basically, you know, if you want to compare it to, the, to S.H.I.E.L.D. or you're going to compare it to the Extraordinary Gentleman or all those yep. you know, long line of stories like that. But uh, and I think Marshall Manor is a great add to the team. But I think there's an interesting little throwaway line here that says he's still part of the Justice League. People yes. complain yes, complaining about that. that. Yeah. He's still in the Justice League at some because the Justice League, but you know, team's gonna expand by by leaps and bounds by the time we're through with it. But uh, yeah. uh, enjoyed it. I, was, I didn't love it, but I enjoyed it. Yep. I was really looking forward to it because I, I really I really love these characters and I, I always have. And I liked the way it was written a lot. 
I liked the characterizations. I liked the new things about it. I thought the art really wasn't very good. Uh, and it may have even been more in the coloring and production of it. Like, it was sort of all over the place a little bit. Um, but the story was enough to sort of get me through. I don't like Midnighter's new costume. Yeah, I'm struggling all. with that as well. Yeah. So. Uh, I like I, I like it was just such a good costume before that yeah. adding to it and and varying it doesn't seem to make too much sense. Uh, it did feel like it was like the, I felt some of that war, original Warren Ellis in it, and I liked that. Yeah, I was glad, uh, I was just glad to see Jack Hawksmore still in it because that's a character that I God. I I, uh, I didn't realize until you know it's like I really like him. I'm glad he's yeah, still oh around. yeah 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 great so, character yeah totally so um, but I I'm also really looking forward to seeing. The Apollo and Midnighter yep. relationship written from the beginning. Yep. So. Remember how they couldn't even mention that at the time because of DC's yeah. uh, problems with it? Now it's a DC Levitz. proper book, and yeah. it's going to be in it. It's going to be hardcore sex in it. Awesome. That's really? what I heard. Oh, uh, that's what I heard. Nice. It's a giant horny tube. <laughs> so. All right. Ratings. Ratings. Connor. Four. Four. I'm gonna. I have to deduct some and say three and a half. All right. Uh, sticking uh, with it. Yes. 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 All right. Uh, so just to – I can't, I can't keep, keep, keep track. OMAC, number one, written by Dan DiDio and Keith Giffen with art by Keith Giffen and Scott Koblish. For me, the most pleasant surprise of the bunch. This was one when we originally read I, – I, again, under the circumstances we were in D.C., it was, it was a lot of reading very quick. Yep. So there wasn't a lot of absorbing things. <laughs> and Dan DiDio kept coming and going, do you like it? Do you like what it? Do, what do you think? Um but I so I didn't I didn't really love it the first time through. But this time I love the heck out of it. Oh, I love it. Uh, yeah, I love it. This um, was tons of fun. If if you are a fan of Godland and Tom Scioli or Jack Kirby, that sort of like, and you're looking for that Jack Kirby kind of you know itch to scratch, this is totally it. Uh, it's Giffen doing Kirby style, but um, in his own kind of Giffen way. Um, the story was surprisingly fun. Yes, and uh, it was just this was just pure fun. It was just it was just great when I put it set, put it down. I'm like, yes, that that's what I want out of an old MacBook. So, um, yeah, Josh, did you read it or? I did read it. Um, it was it was fine. It was good. It looked good. It was fine. I wasn't all that engaged with it though. I thought it was fun. That's comics. Um, ratings. Ratings. Four and a half. Four. Wow. Four. Yeah. Four point four or no, four, just four. Three. 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 Sticking with it. Three. Nope. Yes. Yes. On to uh, now on to the uh, the more interesting bunch of the groups. Uh, Hawk and Dove number one. Sterling Gates, Rob Liefeld. Awful. <laughs> Just awful. Um, another another instance of a book that plays too much with the past. Yep. You know they, they mentioned Crisis. They mentioned the old Dove. This is uh, there's too many of these books that are talking about too many things that happened before, and to the point where you wonder what was the point of the reboot. Yep. Uh, but that was not the problem. <laughs> that was at least the problems. It was the writing and the art that was the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, it was everything that has to do with it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, when talking about Rob Liefeld's art, um, and I've been, I've been honestly, and just to be honest, I've been on a very pro Liefeld kick ever since we interviewed him in San Diego. I've been, you know, just I love his energy, I love his excitement. Um, and how I'm summing up this art was that the art in the Infinite was better. <laughs> so there you go. So take that as you see. <laughs> Uh, All right, Josh, did you pick I, it up? I didn't read it. I'm flipping through it, and I'm looking at it, and there is a lot of grimacing. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. like 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 I, I really like, I don't actually don't have much experience with Rob Liefeld. No, I, I don't really have anything against him. I'm just not a fan. Yeah, if that makes sense. Like, I don't hate him. I just don't care. And, and I found this living up to a lot of the things. Hawk that grimaces is, a lot. Are said. Yeah. Everyone very grimaces. angry. Is it, Dove is supposed to be the peace one, right? She's grimacing in the damn thing. Yeah, it's a lot of teeth. All right, ratings. Ratings. One. Wow, brutal. A three. I didn't read it all, so I can I can only okay. give abstain. You two Stick, based on books. sticking with it. No. No. Well, yeah. I haven't read it yet, yeah, so, so uh, I'm going to adventure a no for that one. Just that's one of them. Okay, Men of War right. number one. Uh, Ivan Brand and Tom Dernick with a backup by Jonathan Vankin and Phil Winslade. Josh, you were very excited for this. I was. I like war books. I like a war book that also does not have a zombie or a vampire or something else in it. I was like, okay, straight up war book. Way to go. I, I, I. This was the most disappointing thing that I read the whole time. Yeah. I was uh, right away, right away. Just look at the cover. 
Great image. What the hell's up with those dog tags? They added them in late because yep. they took Sarge Rock out of the title. Yep. And they couldn't find an artist? Yep. No. Production. Quick that, dog tags. That is awful. Mm. That is some level one shit. Okay. That rock on the dog tags. Uh, after that, I, I thought the first scene, I was like, "Am I? is this half flashback or is this all, are these all people talking to each other? I couldn't tell. And the dialogue was odd. Like the syntax was all weird. It was, it was as if they were trying to do sort of like military speak, which was sort of authentic at times, but like words would be switched around in, in sentences that didn't need to be. And it was, I don't know, it was... I, I, and I felt I as if wanted the, to be I, good. I, I agree with you on all that, and I feel as if the the Sergeant Rock stuff was like wedged in. Like here, here's your here's your nod to the past, and you know. And I was, oh, it was, it was painful. You know I the actually, problem with this book was that what? Sergeant Rock, the original character, yeah. uh, Joe Rock, Frank Rock, he was awesome. Yep. And this, this guy, guy is not. he's a dick. Yep. I just <laughs> thought that it was oh, that was. The, I mean, like I didn't care about any of these characters. Yeah. I didn't. I couldn't tell who the hell any of them were. Yeah. Yeah. Really, because they're all in the same damn uniform. The, la- Phil, the, the uh, last, the last dialogue balloon. You're a sergeant, Rock. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was Joe Rock. Little... Yeah, Joseph Rock. Why didn't they just use Frank Rock? We're starting over. Because yeah. he was in World War Two. I don't care. That now, doesn't have to have mattered. What's deceiving though is the backup. I thought looked great. Yes. Phil Winslade is awesome. I thought that was like if it looked like this, maybe it might have had a little edge on it. But um, I think the writing had a lot to do with it as well. Um, not good. Even though that was a, it was a little. Uh, what's the? It's a, it was a little uh, just jargon heavy. Yeah. Like I just That's, feel yeah, like he, you know, it was super jargon heavy. We love that series. Yeah. Yeah, but I think super it was written in such a way that it worked. Whereas this was, I felt like they were trying to impress us. Yes, I totally all agree. the research that they had done and all the way that they know how these guys talk. And it was just it rang untrue. Totally good ratings. And, it, I, ratings. and I think it's. it's well, I was gonna say I think it's okay to tone that down a little bit for the sense of the audience. Josh, we're doing ratings. 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 I don't like all these rules. Three stars. An extra star for the Winslade art. Wow, I gave it one star. Josh, I'm ratings time. One and a half. Ooh. All right. Uh, I was keep, really keeping with it. No. 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 All right. Of us are. Moving on, Static Shock, number one. Uh, Scott McDaniel, John Rosam, a uh, character with a lot of history, uh, a, lot of, a lot of milestone comics fans out there. It's nice to see the Static Shock get included. Um, uh, I thought this was a mess. This was a super fun romp oh, a in the vein of Spider-Man. Yeah, I don't know. Tons of fun. Young, just, young, young hero in New York. Um, you know, it was they, they they did a really good job of dropping you into it and not over explaining it and letting you figure it out as you went along if you weren't familiar with the character like I I was not. Yeah. Um, it was good to see Scott McDaniel draw again, and I, I had way more fun of this than I expected to have. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just it just for me it just felt it felt overly wordy. It felt overly um, chaotic, um, and it, it it felt like it assumed I knew a lot more about the character in his world than I which I know nothing of. Um, I just didn't it didn't work for me at all. So. Uh, Josh, did you read it? No, no, I didn't get to it. Wasn't planning to. Looking through it right now, that jacket's terrible. Yeah. So ratings. <laughs> ratings. I gave it a four. I gave it a two. I abstain. <laughs> the the, the, the well timed text message. Good job. There. <laughs> um, uh, Connor, you gonna stick with it? Mm, yes, but I'll, but it's also on the block just because I have so many. And I don't have any yeah. history with static. I don't. Ha- I, I don't have just you know. I don't have a middle ground. It's either yes or no, man. I'm either committing or I'm not. That's a, there's no there's no on the edge. If I, I'm if I Connor's ne- saying that week, if he's if it's really expensive, it could fall. Yeah, yeah. I'm committed to the second issue. Yeah. but after that, I'm not making promises. Okay, our last book of the thirteen, Green Arrow number one by J.T. Cruel and Dan Jurgens and inks by nice George, chops on the George Perez. Yeah. You know, this book needed more blow off an iPad. Jeez. <laughs> I feel bad. Never going to live that down. No. This, it's this Hank Pym slap. This was my, um, this was my, uh, my, my summary after reading this book for the first time and then further you know, enhanced after I read it the second time. Um, I'm glad I'm not a really big Green Arrow fan because if I was, I would be screaming right now. Like screaming. Is this Oliver Queen? Yes. By name, he looks like Connor Hawk. Well, they've no, aged him back to his young days. Well, what what That's they've dumb. done is they what they've done is they took what worked in quotes worked in Smallville, and mm-hmm. uh, merged it with what quote worked in the comics, and came up with something that is completely devoid of any of the charm or uh, goodness of the char- the character previously had. Throw in a little bit of 
awful comic book attempt to be timely. Uh, you know, by so you know by Queen Industries having a Q core division with a Q pad and the cliche of the board Q-phone. meeting, yeah, the Q phone and the cliche of a board meeting happening while Green Arrow is supposed to be there, but he's in Paris fighting and he's but he's on his he's on his little earpiece phone and he's gonna he's gonna talk to the board while he's fighting. And so, oh, it was just it was awful. It was this is CEO has a metal hand. Oh God, so bad. It was it it it, it felt the least modern of all these books yep even the Liefeld book felt more modern this all of these books on the whole felt like we were, we're stepping forward into some sort of new era this felt like a book from 15 years ago not in a good way yep. I thought Dan Jurgens was a better artist than this he, he's always been really stiff yeah, yeah. His characters and, have always been really stiff. And George, and George Perez's inks on it did not work at all I mean like it, this looked this looked like more like Batman Odyssey not in a good way Mm. To me, at least, but, Green Arrow cannot catch a break. Oh, it's so it's tragic. It's really tragic. It was really good for a while. Yes, yeah. like I, that's the thing is that you can't. Yeah. It was Kevin Smith, Brad Meltzer, and J- Judd Winnick, and it was really good for like five, six years. Yeah, and I mean, no, the this thing was is, but, this, this, this is basically. I mean, this, I feel that this is the first. This is the the negative byproduct of the New Fifty Two. They've now ruined a character. Well, they've ruined him. Yeah, he's ruined. It's over. Nah, yeah, no, I, I, because well, I haven't read it. But just looking at it, like it doesn't feel like the Ollie Queen that I know, and I don't feel like there was anything wrong with Ollie Queen. Yeah, the character, like, right. uh, well, they haven't know. they haven't changed him drastically. The only thing they've done is aged him back to when he was young, and this is how he was when he was young. This is just badly done. All right. That cover doesn't make any sense. He's shooting the arrow from his right nipple. Ratings, ratings. I gave it a two. I gave it a one. Uh, you gonna stick with it? No. No. All right, so that brings – what is your tally of sticking with, not sticking with? I am sticking with one, two, three, four, five, six books. If you count out loud, I can't count. I'm sticking with six of the 13. Is that counting Justice League? No, it is not counting Justice League. Just the 13 this week. I'm sticking with 10, I think. Wow. Yeah. Five. All right. So that is our first week of the New 52. One down, three to go. Um, we're running so long. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about other comic books, but first, Connor. New York Comic Con's coming up, boys, just in about a month and, and change. So check it out. October 13th to 16th at the Jacob Javits Center in New York City is where you can find New York Comic Con. There's tons of great comic book guests, including Frank Miller and Jeff Johns and Frank Quietly and Jason Aaron and Robert Kirkman and Kieran Gillen and Jim Lee and Mike Mignola and Scott Snyder. And there's tons and tons and tons more. New York Comic Con's always a really well-attended show. And there's also media guests. If, you, if you're coming for that kind of thing or you're bringing along your sister or brother or friend or someone who doesn't really care about comics, they can see Mark Hamill or Rose McGowan or Kevin Smith or Jason Muse. All kinds of people are going to be at Comic Con. So check it out. You can order tickets online before September 18th for just $65 for the three-day pass or $85 for the four-day pass. That's right. It's four days this year. Uh, the four-day pass includes first dibs and show exclusives, access to the show floor, and early, early access to the show floor and guaranteed entry to the kickoff concerts September 10, September October, October 12th with DJ Z Trip, who I hear good things about. Go to neocomicon.com to buy tickets. Yes. You, and you the haven't sh- heard anything about DJ Z Trip. I have no idea. And the is. show itself is still three days. It's just they're starting on Thursday night. So that's the fourth day, really. Yes. So, yeah, well, so, so. It's, it's a day. Yeah. I mean, if you're well, going. It's a night. Yeah. But anyway, so. Cool. So go to New York Comic Con, get your tickets. We'll be there, and we'll look forward to seeing you there. So um, on a week that Animal Man number one doesn't come out, Wolver- say it. Wolverine, the, the uh, a one shot written by David Laffham, uh, drawn by uh, is it David Aja? Yep. Yeah, David, David Aja. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh, would have been the pick of the week, and that was Wolverine Dead of Death. Colored by Betty Brightweiser too. Dead of Death. Dead. You did it. Dead. Dead of Death. There you go. There yeah, you, you go. did it. I had a hard time saying it on Wednesday. It was hard. I was saying Dead of Death. Right. Debt of Death. I kept wanting to say Death first. Uh, poor, then I kept poor, saying poor death. book. This was, on any other month, this book's going to get lots of praise and lots of people talking about it, but no, no one's talking about this it. This book was amazing. Yes. It was amazingly yes. wonderful. It's a one-shot. You don't need to know anything. There's no, it doesn't tie into anything. There's no history you need to know about. Everything don't know, you know when it takes here. place. All the S.H.I.E.L.D. guys have 70s mustaches and haircuts. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I feel like it was I – was, I was putting it in like the early 80s. Yeah, yes. yeah. You, you've got Nick Fury in a suit. You've got Nick Fury and, and, and S.H.I.E.L.D. guys in, in uh, trouble bubbles. Um, <laughs> fighting. <laughs> fighting robots. You've got – Fighting Nazi robots. Um, Japanese robots from, that were taken from the Nazis. Yeah. Uh, I'm not thinking World War II. You've got, I, just, I just assume big robots will mean Nazis. Yeah, no, the Japanese. You've got Logan uh, drinking with Nick Fury on the helicarrier with some awesome modern furniture. Um, it, like, it, this, this was 
amazing and the art was blew me like so I, like I feel bad like I really like this was so good and I wanted to get more and I want I want this as a series give me this give me this Wolverine in the early 80s as this is perfect it was and it was funny because David David Laffham make, worries me because I'm a huge David Laffham fan on his creator on work but his publisher work tends to be a little less and this mm-hmm. was awesome this was great this was very, 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 very good. I, I don't know if uh, I can keep up with a monthly book because yeah. he was on Iron Fist, but there was a lot of ways around having him do all the pages every yeah. month. But th- there was – I had to pick out a page of this for the best of the week in panels. And, and it was too many. I, we could have done a whole panel feature just from this book. Yeah. Like if I'm – like the thing is with all the stuff that's happening, if I'm giving away – if I'm giving away like artist of the week, like the most impressive pages I saw, this – you know, AHA takes it hands down. There was an 18-panel page at one point. I do have a criticism. Okay. But I think against the backdrop of this particular art, all of the uh, computer-rendered sound effects stood out too much, and I really wish that they had been drawn into it. I, and that's a totally, like, very specific nitpick, but it's something that I noticed. Oh, interesting. Because, the, the, like, the, the, the letters were so crisp and clean against the sort of scratchy art, art background I just think it would have it would have would have taken it to a super next level. Possibly. That's that's a tiny thing. Yeah. But it's yeah. just something I've been thinking were, about. And lately. the thing was, there was some hand drawn sound effects here and there. Yeah, like I the, know. The that's snakes why. and stuff like yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. So. If you look at that in contrast, to everything else, it just it fits in better. Yeah. Um. It was great. I, I mean, I, I really did like the the panels that were sound effects, like the kaboom panel the, when the helicarrier got hit. And the panel yeah. was the letters kaboom, which is awesome. The first, um, the first page is is just a, speci- a wonderful piece of, of sequential storytelling. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, it, I, this is one of the things that if you didn't go out and pick this up, it, it's a one shot. It's it's worth all four dollars. Uh, you don't be a Wolverine fan, or it's just a wonderful piece of comic book. Dense and, uh, and fun. No, seriously, yeah. this book has Wolverine in Japan. Nick Fury, Shield, not only Shield technology, but uh, ja- Japanese robots, <laughs> Japanese killer robots that fly. Like there's that one full page splash page of the of the Japanese robot taking off, and the the shots of the Shield guys in the trouble bubbles. Like th- that page, like I want that page. This page is amazing. Um, Nick Fury with a beard. <laughs> it was great, a great Wolverine. Uh, the, no, the the guy who's with Nick Fury with that haircut. That's yeah. just wonderful. Yeah, this anyway. is great. So, I will, I'll give it a five and I'll buy it next time. Ratings. No, 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 we're done with the ratings. <laughs> um, so speaking of Wolverine, um, following up after the last issue of Wolverine, this self-titled series, Wolverine number 14, which Connor was your pick of the week, yep. um, I was like, where does he go from here? And um, Jason Aaron writes a fantastic opening sequence where Wolverine now finding out that uh, he's been manipulated and then killed his illegitimate children. To deal with that fact, he's gone to Canada and the Yukon and is uh, – Climbing a mountain and then throwing himself off of it repeatedly. Yes, <laughs> which I was like, yes. <laughs> when I to put that scene in the movie. <laughs> when I read these first four pages, I just laughed and I was like, of course, that's what he would do. <laughs> See, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed him taking his kids around to their parents to be or to their mothers to be buried. I liked that a lot. But then once it got to the once Dokken showed up, yes, yeah. And then for the rest of the issue, I found it less compelling. Yeah, I, I agree. Although I really did end up liking the Gorn Suzuka art a lot, actually. Um, it, it, a little cartoony, more cartoony than I would have expected, especially after the Renato Getty stuff, but I actually liked it a lot. So, um, Cool. All right, Wolverine. I have never read Atomic Robo before. Before this but, week, really? Yeah, well, I've actually I've t- I've touched it here and there, but I've never gotten through like a whole story or anything. It's one of those ones that I've always meant to got, get to, and I just didn't. Um, so I decided to buy uh, issue one of Atomic Robo, The Ghost of Station X, which is just a, like they do it in sort of chunks of miniseries and things like that. And I've always heard really good things about it. Uh, and I really enjoyed the hell out of this, but I don't think it was what you would expect because it used to, like the early ones take place uh, in the past and it's sort of actiony. And at this point, uh, Robo is basically like Steve Jobs. He, he has a polo shirt and he works at like a think tank company. And, and they had to basically they have to rescue. Uh, some people in space, and the first like third of the book is them sitting around a board boardroom, uh, trying to figure out how to do that. Uh, and it was just it was different than all, a lot of the other comic books I've read, but it was very smart and it was very fun. Yeah, I feel, uh, I feel like Atomic Robo is one of those series that people should check out because it's like it's good independent comics, like fun comics. You know? Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I've I've definitely got to go back and get more. Uh, I mean, like I'm saying, I gave this five stars. I'd I'd never really read it before. 
uh, I knew exactly what was going on. It was a great introduction. And uh, it's one of those things like if you're looking for a taste of something a little different, but you still, you know, you like sort of the flavor of, of mainstream comics, uh, I think it's a really good choice, cool. I think. So, Definitely worth it. Morning Glories number 12 continues the, uh, what I can only describe as the cock tease of Morning Glories and Nick Spencer, <laughs> where, where it's just when you get frustrated with the book and ready to drop it, then they drop an issue where you're like, oh, I want to know what's happening. Um, and that's what this issue was. We get introduced to a, a, a new character who's like a guidance counselor at the school who is, you know, shakes up the joint and, and starts tying in a lot of the characters that we've seen these single kind of character points with. And, uh, you know, while I'm still frustrated and that I wanted to get, get on with it, I felt as if this is the first step in getting on with it. Um, I didn't get it because the store I went to didn't have it. Oh, there you so, go. But I heard good things about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, what, what, what else did you get, though? I got, bad segue, I got bad segue. I got I got Cobra number four, which is not a surprise because I've been reading this all along. I, I I like this. That's what I've decided. It took me a little while to get to it. Basically, it's this sort of long, drawn out story that uh, somebody's got to take over and be the new Cobra commander. And each issue is focused on a different person of the sort of people there. And Serpentor is like the he's like the Rasputin of the bunch. He's not trying to be in charge. He's trying to sort of manipulate everybody and do everything. And it's just these fun little psychological games uh, with these characters who we kind of know, but they've all been reestablished you know, recently. The Tomax and Zayma in this book are not the ones from the cartoon anymore. Oh, sort of that's good. good. So, sort of good and sort of bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like how they're Tomax, Tomax and Zayma, but they, they just changed their names. They're like, no, it's Pauly. Well, what I thought he was, don't worry about it. We're not going to call him that, though. That's stupid. Um, this one focused on Major Blood. And I, I, he's it's really interesting in this because he never he never really stood out to me as the cartoon, but in this he's like a I love he's Major like Blood. a drug he's he a great drug in the cartoon. runner. Major Blood was fantastic. I know, but he was goofy. But in this is completely different. Like he's a drug runner, but he also has like this suburban home life at the same time. And there's a contrast to it. And and he there was all the, there was all these politics about Cobra, and it's like there's this Cobra board somewhere that we don't know and have never met, but they're always talking about it. And like, oh, they wouldn't like that I'm down here doing this with the grunts. And it, I, it was fun. And uh, I liked it. And there was a fiddling artist on the second half of it. So it was a little wonky in that way. But it's, it's, still, it's, still, it's still been very good. It's given me high hopes for um, what, the Blackhawks book that Mike Costa is going to write cool. one of these weeks. All right. Um, probably the third runner-up for me in Pick of the Week would have been Thunderbolts number 163. Where mm. Jeff Parker completely throws a curveball and takes this title in a direction I didn't see coming, and I absolutely love, loved it, loved it, loved it. Did you guys read this, sir? Jeff Parker is 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 like the the hidden surprise of Marvel right now. It's fantastic. He's doing yeah. he's doing the best books that are coming out from that. I think this might be my favorite Marvel title yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, you're absolutely right. It was. I mean, and you know, going to Nazi Germany. We've seen this. It's well, which, which, geni- which genius is, yeah, so like dur- during Fear Itself, the, the, you know, the raft gets destroyed and you've got this B-list team of Thunderbolts who aren't p- tested in the field and actually they're really smart and they're able to come up with this plan to escape and they trigger their plan and the idea is that they're going to take the whole the, the Thunderbolts tower and teleport somewhere else and something goes wrong and they teleport back in time to the, to the Swiss Alps in, in World War II and all of a sudden Captain America and Namor show up as the invader and they start a team up like it's like wow like it's just how, great. it's great how good looking is that page when captain america drops in yes he has a he has a star in his boot yep <laughs> kev walker did a great job and then i love yeah. moonstone being the manipulative you know kind of uh opportunistic ca- character that she is she immediately changes her look and costume and says hey we're the american thunderbolts and like and realizes they have an opportunity here so it's like, i i i'm i love i love this title I love and that. i love that it's keeping me on my toes it keeps changing i thought even throughout all of the 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 crossovers and stuff that it's had to deal with it didn't didn't it was still interesting to me and there was a page of a goat getting killed Mm, a whole page so. of that. All right. Um, on to uh, Matt Fraction and Gabriel Ba with Casanova Avarita, uh, issue number one. The Matt Fraction's creator-owned book returns to Icon. Um, and I think Casanova sums up in, in – is one of the more polarizing books that we've ever come across in that people either absolutely love it or they absolutely hate it. Um, and ironically, I fall in the middle. <laughs> 
Um, I really well, you used to love it. Well, I don't know if I ever loved it. I used to I liked it when I first started. Reading we have it. video. I, well, I thought the second one. I liked the first one. I liked the first one a lot, and I thought the second one wavered a little bit. And now here in this third series, um, I feel as if it's still going the way out there to like what the fuck is he? What the fuck is this? Like I, 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 I that thought crossed my mind a couple times when I was reading it. But I really like Gabriel Ba, and I like some of the devices that they used in this. Um, within you know, in terms of like the the freeze frame, you know, kind of, um, on characters and things like that. But ultimately, at the end of the issue, I just felt this like blah, kind of like what was that? Like I don't even know what I just read. Um, so and I've heard that a lot. Yeah, I mean, so that's that's not a good sign. Yeah. I, I didn't really like the first one, so I don't I didn't continue with it, but. Yeah, I, I really like Gabriel Ba too. Yeah, so um, X Factor two twenty four point one. Just real quickly, it, it Peter David shows up on the point one issue and does what he's supposed to, and basically writes an issue that you could pick up X Factor and get an idea of who the characters are and, and you know what they do, what their powers are, how they work together, and then get introduced into the the next chapter of the story. Um, just you know, the, the, one of the very few examples of a point one issue doing what they told us it would. So good job on Peter hmm. David. That's uh, that's what you hire Peter David for. Yeah, exactly. Um, now we we talked a lot about Jeff Lemire and, and heaped a lot of praise on him for uh, his one book at at uh, DC that came out this week, Animal Man number one. And unfortunately, nobody talked about his other book that came out, uh, Sweet Tooth number twenty five, which I thought was one of the best issues that I've read in a long time. Which I really al- like. Which also has like a, a pseudo dream sequence. Well, yeah, not, not really. A, yeah, I guess a dream sequence. Has, yeah. yeah, I didn't like that one as much as the other one. Um, but besides that, I I just I like the conflicts that are being set up. I I I like I just like this setup. I don't know what's going on. It's very mysterious. It's I, foreboding. I I, uh, I, don't, I don't know where he's going with it. Like that's what I think is great. Like it's it, like stuff keeps happening and twists and turns happen and it keeps me on my toes and I don't know what to expect. And I think that this is another – we talked about it in, in Animal Man, but the, he's just – I think his, his writing's getting more sophisticated. Yep. Uh, it's, it's not – it doesn't have to have a hockey player in it. <laughs> it can be, and it's, can also be a little chi- it's also a little chilling. It's also a little like – It is. Yeah. So. It is. Now that we know everybody, you can really mess with it. Um, and it's just, even the storytelling from the, from the sort of comic book page standpoint, his layouts are, are getting more interesting. His, you know, yep. They're getting better. Um, this is a great issue. Yeah. Cool. So uh, that was a lot of comic books that we read this week. Oh. This is going to be a rough Ooh. month. <laughs> um, but, so uh, tired of comic books. <laughs> so, but before we get into the uh, to your opinions of the comic books that came out this week, I want to give uh, tell you all about Trigun Badland, Badlands Rumble from Funimation. Um, Trigun Badlands Rumble uh, tells a story 20 years ago an infamous, out- an infamous outlaw Gasback was staring down the battle of betrayal his gang was ready to do a world of, the world a favor and take him out until Vash the stampede interrupted, interrupted the standoff allowing Gasback to escape and continue his outlaw ways cutting the villain loose was a risky gamble and now two de- decades later fate's ready to settle up with Vash on the dusty streets of Maka City um, this is the first and only Trigun full-length movie with a story by the original Trigun creator. So if you're a Trigun fan, you definitely want to come back and check out Trigun Badlands Rumble. Um, it's the first original Trigun animation in over a decade, so if you've been waiting for it, it's finally here. Um, it features all your favorite Trigun characters plus all new villains, um, and it's available in awesome HD, um, and you can watch Vash and his, and his antics in, on Blu-ray, which is beautifully awesome. I'm totally a Blu-ray convert now. Um, and it's out on DVD, Blu-ray, and digital download. It's going to be available September 27th. Um, and you want to go to Funimation.com slash Trigun. That's T-R-I-G-U-N, uh, and check it out. So thank you to Funimation for sponsoring this episode. While Ron gets his voice back, we're going to talk some of the user reviews real quick and get through some of this. Ron went through a thing, okay? And, he, and everyone... It's been a long day. It's been a long day. <laughs> I would say. All right, so let's, uh, uh, let's go through the community's pick of the week's. Um, the top five pick of the weeks go like this. Number five is Stormwatch number – the fifth most popular book. Stormwatch number one with 1%. Next up at number four is Detective Comics number one but with 3.8%. And Swamp Thing number one with 7.2% is number three. Number two is Action Comics number one with 17.7%. And I am shocked that number one is Animal Man number one with 66.3%. That is pretty amazing. The people got good taste. I think it's interesting that all the top five are all number one issues, and they're all DC books. 
it was yeah. it was definitely a heavy DC week. Um, but we <laughs> thought we would highlight uh, what one uh, what some folks in uh, what one person in particular thought of a DC book uh, from the iFanboy community. Uh, Connor, do you want to share it with us? Adam of Earth reviewed Men of War number one, which uh, got zero point one percent. That was the pick of the week percentage for the user base, and that was high. I thought, <laughs> yes. but I'm not Adam of Adam of Earth. Adam of Earth says overall, I was, dis- I was disappointed with the comic. Did not feel fun, and interesting to me. Dialogue throughout the entirety was dry exposition, none of which being clever, original, entertaining. The point of the story was to give a glimpse of the man who was Rock, while getting him from corporal to sergeant. I don't feel this was done well at all. I will be avoiding this title in the future. This is a prime example of a comic that makes me not want to spend money on comics. But I do hope Sergeant Rock fans will get a title that they enjoy. Wow. He disliked it so much he doesn't even want to buy comics anymore. <laughs> no, turn him off to the whole to the whole hobby. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a bot a bad episode of TV once. I just canceled. Listen, it. I didn't like it, but I didn't want to stop reading all comics because no. of that <laughs> seems silly. This one that seems like overkill. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure on the creative team. Anyway, so so a reminder that Marvel had books that came out, came out uh, this week. Keith seven one nine eight reviewed the Punisher number one that nobody made. The, uh, Punisher number three. I'm sorry. You see, it's so easy to write number one. <laughs> I was doing the I was doing the panels of the week, and I kept looking back to see what issue it was, and I was like, "All oh, right, it's one." Yeah. So <laughs> then I the next one, I'd be like, "Which one's it?" All oh, right, it's one. So uh, the Punisher number three. Uh, nobody made it their pick of the week, and Keith seven one nine eight says the Punisher number three is still a solid book and offers our first real connection to the greater Marvel universe. It's light on dialogue. And heavy on the action. It features several pages of oversized panels, making the book go by in a flash. It's an example of a book that will read much better in collected form, but as a single issue, it doesn't quite deliver like the first two books. But this is still a rock-solid storyline, I can't wait to see what Rucka and Chiquetto have in store for us next. Um, I, uh, I thought this was probably the weakest of the three so far. Yes. I, I read this and I wanted to call Ron and just say, <laughs> now, did he did he kill that fucking awful vulture character? I hope he did. I really hope he did. If he did, then it's a five star book. <laughs> <laughs> because that character is awful. Ratings. Um, <laughs> I can't, I can't. God, I hate I want that character. To like this so much, and I don't. Yeah. Although I do think the art was actually stronger this time. I really. I, I, I could have done without Axel Alonso in the book as well. That was a little much for me. But anyway. Yeah. Um, oh. Actually, it's a, take the star away from Nora's awful haircut, which she's probably clearly going to keep now. Yes, there yeah. is a four. Yeah. Who is the woman in the bed? What bed? In the hospital bed? The bride. The bride from the first issue. The bride from the first issue. I lost track. She's going to be the new Lady Vulture. Yeah. Oh, God. Continuing Marvel's ladyfication of the villains. Jeez, oh, I, for, I forgot about the lady ladyfication. So, all right. So, those are the reviews uh, from the iFanboy community. Go to ifanboy.com slash comics where you can do your pull list and you can uh, rate and review and make your pick of the weeks uh, of all your books. And uh, it was great to see so many people. I mean, we had, I can't, last, that last count were over 120 reviews this week uh, from the really? user community, which is insane, which is awesome. So, keep it up, people. That's fantastic. Wow. So as you can tell, we've run long this week. So because we're reviewing probably more books than we've ever reviewed on the show, Oof. yeah, insane. Um, so oh. we're we're gonna skip the we're gonna skip the emails and voicemails, uh, but keep writing in and calling in. Um, so you can email us at contact at ifanboy dot com or leave us a voicemail at one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. And we'd love to hear from you. And listen, we'll get to your emails and voicemails in October. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we'll fit them in if we can. So if you haven't gotten enough of the DC fervor, um, you can go check out iFanboy Don't Miss. Last week we talked to Jeff Lemire about Animal Man number one. So if you read Animal Man and want to hear about what went into it, what Lemire's kind of basis of was, uh, listen to Chris Neesman as he talked to Jeff Lemire. Um, and then this Monday we've got coming out, I chatted with Nathan Edmondson about the next DC book that I'm super excited for, Grifter number one. Um, Nathan Edmondson, who also wrote Who is Jake Ellis, a uh, good up-and-coming writer. Um, so you can catch that on iFanboy Don't Miss on Monday at iFanboy.com or go to iTunes to subscribe to it and yes. you can find all of that at ifanboy.com which is the wonderful website where we call home um, you can read my pick of the week review as well as all the great posts and Paul Montgomery is writing reviews of all the 52 books that come out each week so you definitely want to check that out that, out, that uh, a Herculean effort that he's made in, in writing reviews of these books um, as well as all the other great posts by the rest of the iFanboy st- staff um, if you're curious about the iFanboy staff you can go to ifanboy.com slash about you can see the full list of everybody who writes for iFanboy and contributes as well as you can find all their social network links and um, where you can 
find them and you, you can go find Mike Romo on Twitter or Jim Ski on some other site, some site you don't even, never even heard of. <laughs> um, and if you can't get enough of iFanboy, follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash iFanboy and stay in touch on facebook.com slash iFanboy. We also produce a video show every Wednesday um, and last week we did a, uh, we looked at some black and white books. That was our theme, black and white, um, which is a fun show. And next week we're looking at all ages comics, which is always a fun topic. So uh, definitely check that out on Wednesdays at iFanboy.com. As we said earlier, you can write us at contact at iFanboy.com. You can call our voicemail line at 888-FANBOYS-326-2697. Leave us a voicemail. We'll get to them all in the new year. <laughs> <laughs> well, After we're done with this. Forward. Yeah, I'm pushing until 2012. Nice. That's a good call. That's totally fine. Uh, if you like the show, uh, you can leave a review on iTunes. That's one of the best ways to uh, help help more people notice the show. We also have a bunch of other shows that can use reviews, videos, don't miss, things like that. Taste of Comics, for example. Maybe yeah. that's... That show maybe is not as loved as, as it should be. It's, it's not good. a comment on the show, Ron. No, no, I know. It's good uh, times. It makes me hungry. Uh, but do that, do that to all your podcasts that you like. Not just, just to ours, but you know, other ones that you like. That's, all, that's very fine to do. Um, but other than that, just get out there and, and spread the word about the show if, if you think that somebody you know will enjoy it. Um, show them how to do it. Go to iTunes. And say, Look, this is easy. It does it for you automatically once you hit this button. And they'll be like, you're kidding me. And you'll be like, no. Look, Mom. This is how it works. <laughs> All right. Uh, comic books. I got to tell you, man, you haven't lived until you stared death in the face and you said, no, I can't die yet. I need to, re- I need to talk about the DC-52. Sad. <laughs> sad. It's a sad, yeah. it's a sad moment yeah. in life, and that's, that, that's what's keeping me I gotta going. I got to tell you, there was a point yesterday uh, when I was reading them, and I just went, I can't. I can't read anymore. <laughs> See, I had, I had a lot of fun reading them. No, I totally did, but it was too many. Yes. Yeah. It was. I was. It was like I'd been reading for hours during the day, and then I took a little break, and then came back, and I was like, I still have all these left. Yeah. How much? You haven't read them all yet. I know. I had. I had a big stack. This is the biggest. This is the most I've read in a week in a while. Yeah. We read. I read stuff I love that we even talk about. Some yeah. Kind no, of other, totally. Other Moon, Moon Knight was a ton of fun. Oh, read Gunther number four. Great yeah, book. Yeah, that was good. We should have talked about that. Why didn't we talk about that? Because no, I would have said the same thing we said last time we talked about it. Yeah. True. All right, so until next week when we're going to review week two of the DC New 52 as well as all the books that come out, I am Ron. Ratings. <laughs> Ratings. <laughs> Ratings. I'm Connor. And I have decided, yes, I am going to stick with this show. I'm Josh. See you next week. <laughs>